Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Welcome back. I am joined today by Sage Polaris, and I'm really, really excited for all of you to get to know her because she is a new-ish friend to me, and I just want to get to know her better. So I thought, why not bring her on the show? Sage, thanks so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Mindy. I'm excited to get to know you and the lucrative community. Yeah, this is going to be awesome because you and I have something in common, and this is where I want to start. Some people online and in my community, when I talk about how much time I take off in my business, or I should say take off from my business, they're like, what? How do you do that? Because it's a fairly significant amount of time. And I dare say you may even take off more time than I do. I'm not sure. So we'll get into the details here. But I'm really curious about one, your business, and two, your time away from it. So if you could kind of give us a little picture of what it is you do, and then also why you don't do that so much of the time as well. Yeah, I love this because it's so funny. I'm used to that reaction too. I think it's normal because I've been taking time off for like the sixth year in a row. I've taken four months off and other people are like, excuse me, what do you do for four months? (laughs) Okay, so you just confirmed it. You definitely do because I take two months off. So you are doubling me, which is amazing. It's like goals. Uh, yay. Yes. More time off for everyone. And it's something that I've worked my way up to, right? Like I didn't start my business doing that. So to answer your first question, I am a copywriter to the stars and a launch strategist. If you live on the same marketing planet as me, you're like, oh yeah, I know exactly what that is. But if you don't, and you're completely lost, I just help people write the words on their websites that help them sell more. So if you've seen a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad and it leads you through this giving your email and some kind of free event, those types of things, that's what I'm involved in and mostly in the education space. So people who are teaching how to, um, like for example, one of my clients is Soul of Money Institute and they teach people how to um, have more peace and freedom with their money. Uh, That's one company. And so I have multiple clients like that. And then I also have a mastermind that I run for six months out of the year. And I also have a membership for people who want to learn how to write their own copy for their launches or whatever they have going on. So those are the main pieces of my business. And I remember like early on in my business, I would take like fun Fridays. So I would just do one day a month. That's all I allowed myself, which was amazing just to have that one day to like walk away from my desk, maybe go to the beach or go for a hike or do something fun. And then I went to my project manager and I was like, Hey, I want more time off, which, you know, a lot of my peers as a copywriter They're all thinking that the solution, because this is kind of what the industry mostly talks about is like, okay, I'm going to stop working with so many private clients and I'm going to start launching a course or something. And I had no plans of doing that. I wanted to keep my client work because I knew I could control the timeline of the work. And so I said to my project manager, I'm like, hey, how do I take more time off? I'm thinking like every other week I'll do this or that. And she was like, those are all trash ideas. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, because <laughs> I made it super complicated. She's like, why don't you just take one week off every month? Like all these special days you want to have, just combine them and batch them to one week. So the one week every month gets me to three months for the year and then one month off. So I actually don't take all of that time off consecutively. And that's a lot of people when they hear it, they're like, for four months, what do you do? And I'm like, well, it's broken up. There's a formula to it. So that's how I've been able to organize it. You know what? It's still pretty awesome, no matter how it falls in the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about this, getting into copywriting and all the things that you do, working with people with their launches. What led you to that phase? I'm really interested in, in how people develop in their careers, because I know for myself, I've had so many different interests along the way and different things I've focused on and different things that I've wanted to do. So I'm always curious, like, what did you do before that? What, what led into that? Oh, yeah. So I actually went to um, Cal State Fullerton. I got a degree in the arts. So it seems very like random and not connected at all. But to me, it's all connected because I got my degree in ceramics, but I was also painting and blowing glass and installing art for museums. And I did that for a while after school. I went and worked for like the Museum of Contemporary Art here in LA and Hammer, um, which is another museum, like all the major museums, LACMA. And I was installing art. And then I found out, I read a book by Peter Bowerman called The Well-Fed Writer. And I had already started kind of travel blogging in between my art installation jobs. And so I was doing all this writing online and I realized and learned from Peter Bowerman that you could get paid to write other people's websites. And I was like, oh, I am so in on this. And I just was really into marketing, like really enjoyed the connections you got to make with people. Um, so I kind of slowly worked my way up to the copywriting. First, I was doing like the travel blogging and a little bit of journalism locally for businesses. And then I figured out the whole copywriting thing. And to me, the reason they're all connected is because it's just another creative tool to me. So words, like you can kind of paint a canvas with your words almost. So I saw it as the same, just another creative vehicle and the more tools and things I can get my hands on to be creative, I love. So it was a natural fit. And it's interesting because copywriting is an art for sure. And then there's the science of it, which is really based in statistics and analytics and understanding open rates and, and click-through rates and all these things. And the only thing I liked in school was statistics. I did not like really? algebra. Yeah, like calculus, <laughs> algebra, no. Statistics, I loved. So it was like this perfect marriage of the two things that I loved. That is hilarious to me that coming from a love of statistics and then you bring that into that, which totally makes sense because you're right. It is, you know, clicks and opens and rates and all of this. I think about when I'm thinking about copywriting, I'm always thinking about the psychology of it because that's the part that I mm -hmm. like, love and just could talk about all day. But I don't love all that other stuff. So that's fascinating to me. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the psychology piece too totally pulls me in. And I actually have a unique way of looking at copy based on DISC. For people who don't know what it is, it's like a personality test. But when you understand the way those four personalities buy, and apply that to copy, it creates this whole system. For, and that's why I created my membership, the color-coded copy system. It's based on the four colors from DISC. Got it. I've changed it a little, but um, 
basically there's four types of buyers and when you understand them you can get your statistics your conversion rates to go higher so it's all connected it's this weird world that i live in and i love it <laughs> i also love it <laughs> it's great to hear about it here's what i want to know from you i you've been very successful in your business and i'm always interested in talking to people who have success in business because I struggled with that for so long. And I, like, I've said this to so many guests, I'm like, ah, I wish that I knew you sooner because you could have helped me, taught me something, you know, all this genius that you all bring to my table. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how you think, what is your mindset around business and specifically money, income in your business? Mm, I love talking about money. Um, what works best for me and everybody's different is to have rituals around my money. So right here in my office within arm's length, I have this money candle. It's a magic of moonlight candle, who's a local artist here in my neighborhood. And the reason I love stuff like this, and it says attract abundance and good luck. For me, it's like whether or not you believe in this stuff, it's about being present. And if I remember to light this candle before I work, it means I'm more present in the room, right? Like I'm thinking about my environment and I really think environment is the key to attracting more money in your business, right? So I have little rituals that I do. I have a money burning thing that I do that I learned from my mother-in-law. It's amazing. There's these little rituals that I do really frequently but then also the environment, meaning people I surround myself with. I'm very thoughtful about who's in my inner circle. Because the interesting thing is I'm nine years deep into my business. And what you learn over time is you do really need to curate who you're around and, and the things that they say, because that goes into how you look at the world as well, right? So finding groups, for me in the beginning, finding groups of other copywriters. They seem like your competition, but actually they're my greatest allies because if they can't get the work done, they can refer me business and vice versa. Those types of things really helped me with my money mindset to like have other people who are right where I was at or right ahead of where I wanted to be uh, to get their ideas and share information and resources. That has been incredible. Okay, Sage, so I love that. I think you're right on talking about the, we're actually going to talk about environment more in detail later in the show. But what I'd love to know from you is how do you define wealth? What does that mean to you? Mm, wealth to me feels like having space, right? Like to me, wealth creates space for me to enjoy my family and my friends even more. Like we talked about earlier, taking time off, um, those are the things that are high on my value list. And so it's really creates space for me. It feels spacious. Wealthy also means giving from my overflow. So being able to share the power that I've been able to enjoy in my own business with other people in a conscious way. Um, those are what wealth means to me. Nice. I really like that word space. I'm big on space these days. I was just looking at houses that I, you know, someday may love to buy and all of them, the thing that I liked about it was space. I just mm -hmm. like having space because in our world today, I don't think we do, you know, people build houses right next to each other and stores and shops to like fill all the space. Essentially. I'm like, can't we just have open space and green and trees and, you know, like natural spaces. 
I don't know, but that's that's big for me. So I really appreciate that word space. Yeah, I love that you shared your own version of it too. It's fun to hear what it means for other people. But yeah, that mental spaciousness, the physical spaciousness, they're both so important. Space on the calendar. <laughs> Put it on there. Oh, when I have that zero appointments for this week pop up in my inbox, let me tell you, I love meeting with my clients and I love having no meetings on my calendar too. <laughs> I totally understand. I'm the same way. Like I love what I do, but I'm also like, huh, this is so nice. And that's exactly like the freedom, the space that we're talking about. So I really, really love that. So I have a four-part question that I would like to get to know you better. And it's based on the acronym called HERB, H-E-R-B. The H stands for habits. What are some of your, I mean, you mentioned rituals before, and I wonder if you can maybe even go in depth on some of your daily habits, weekly habits, monthly, whatever that may be. What are the things that like keep you productive, get you going, or just keep everything running smoothly? Oh my gosh, so many things, but they constantly are evolving. So I, I, there's a few habits that I have that I like pretty consistent with. I drink a green smoothie in the morning. I used to really get bothered by people who were like, green smoothies are everything. Like it'll save any problem you have fixed. Drink a green smoothie. (laughs) It was like this, it felt like a cult to me. I was like, this is, why do people love it so much? I won't say that I think they're like, it definitely gives me more energy. Um, I'm so grateful I'm doing it. They don't taste that wonderful, but it, it works for me. Well, hold on. What what are you putting in your green smoothie? Let's let's just go into the detail here. Yeah, so I have spinach and watercress, which I'm growing in the garden. I grow a lot of stuff. That's another, like, if you could call it a habit, but more like something that I need is being out in my garden, right? So I'm growing... Um, yeah, right. Watercress. And right now I have some chard growing. So I'll go cut some of that, put it in there. Then nutmeg and cinnamon, hemp seeds, and um, this Irish sea moss. It's a whole thing that I learned about where you have to make it. It's really fun. Though. Wait, you make your own moss? Okay. So no, I don't make the moss, but I, uh, you have to turn it into like a pudding basically to be able to put it in the smoothie and not right. have it. This is fascinating, Sage. I had no idea. <laughs> It's a whole thing. I learned it from Julie Ward. She is my plant-based cooking, like aficionado. I learned everything from her. And uh, let's see on Instagram, she's fresh food alchemy. Cause I totally want to give her a shout out, but she also taught me how to cook with no oil, which, and I'm like 80% plant-based at this point because of her. And I'll be honest, like as much as I want to say, like I'm an evangelist for healthy eating and all of that, it's more so the climate, the the ties between eating meat and the fact that we're basically, I could go on this whole whatever thing, but I live in California. There's a lot of cow farms here. If you are not on the major freeways, you can find them. And it's, it's not, it's not comfortable to see. So for me to contribute to the climate change, that is one of my contributions is to do more plant-based, even though I love eating meat. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love that you just said that because one, I'm right there with you and like, how can we help the planet? But yeah. I also still eat meat. So yeah, it's a thing. I appreciate that. It's totally great. And there are health benefits from it too. Like just being conscious though of what you're eating is I think really important, especially in the times we're living in. 
Agreed. Agreed. Oh my goodness. So let's talk about, we spoke on environment. That's the E for herb, but I want to go more in depth because yes, you have your candles. Yes. You're conscious and aware of the people in your space and you know, who's, who's doing what, who's saying what, how else though, do you set up your environment? I mean, I know my listeners can't see you right now, but you're sitting in this lovely space with a beautiful light or lamp over there. Like, I can't even tell what it is, but it, it just looks really, really peaceful and serene. So I'd love for you to talk about how you create that or what that means to you. So I love integrating into my environment things that make me feel good for sure and so that selenite lamp it's supposed to also help with like wi-fi and kind of neutralizing it i guess i don't know a lot about that piece of it but i have lots of selenite in this room i also have i'm like looking around my desk i also have this this also helps with wi-fi but i can't remember the name of it there's different types of stones i have all over I also have a, my friend Doug makes these really cool money grids. We were talking about money earlier. They're cut with wood. I'm going to try and show it to you. When you use this, I like to take a check. I write myself a check and I put it underneath this grid and you put all your stones on top and it's supposed to attract money to you and abundance to you. But my favorite part of it is writing the check to myself because you can write any dollar amount you want. I have a check for $500,000 written to myself underneath this grid right now. Hell yes. <laughs> and for those of you that can't see the grid that she's talking about is just this really beautiful kind of like sacred geometry type thing mm -hmm. that is lovely. And yeah, I'm all for writing those big checks because we can write them to ourselves first before someone else writes them to us. That puts it in the mental space gets the energies going, brings it right in. So I love that. Yeah, there's one more I want to tell everybody about because I think this one's really important. And also on the check, put a date on it so the money knows when it's supposed to come by. But for my in my closet, which you can't really see, but it's that door behind me, I have a success altar, which is something I learned from Rachel Rogers. She mentioned it in passing on one of her trainings. But she's like, yeah, make an altar for all the things that you've already been successful at. So I had a launch that earned me $217,000. I wrote that down on a piece of paper. I have pictures of my family there. Like all the things that I feel very accomplished about already. So that every day when I get ready in my closet, I am reminded, like, I did all these things, right? Like my clients have done upwards of $1.25 in a single launch. And we forget. Like we do these incredible things and then we reach for the next thing. And I want, if anything, to be more present with the things that I've already done or I am accomplishing today versus what I'm reaching for next. That's awesome. That's something that, you know, in a lot of the, the studies and the groups that I've been in in the past, they're always talking about that gap between where you are now and like where you want to go. But by doing what you're doing, it puts you so fully in the present and able to turn around and say, this is what I've already done, or this yeah. is what is happening right now. So that's so powerful. And by the way, congratulations, because those numbers are rock star. Thank you. I'm super, super grateful. But I also love that next to those numbers are like the two children that I birthed. Like if I just stopped at that. <laughs> <laughs> that alone is amazing accomplishment. <laughs> 
right? So, I mean, and I have pictures of my family members on there. So it's like, I find that the the gravitas of these things in my life are equally important. And sometimes we compartmentalize our business away from our personal life. And I think they're all intertwined. And it's a really nice reminder every day that everything I, I do um, deserves to be celebrated. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned you had two children. How old yeah. are these kids? Oh my goodness, nine and four, they're hilarious. <laughs> okay, so then that leads me to another question because I'm always impressed with people who have very successful businesses and also somehow manage to have children, deal with their children, you know, not, not kill their children. <laughs> I honestly don't know how you get anything done because it's hard enough for me. Like my husband and I used to say this all the time. We would be like, we can't even get stuff done. We didn't have any kids. So how do you, how do you find that balance? I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I think they reprioritize your focus in a way you wouldn't do if you didn't have children. And so that is a bit of a gap to try and explain to someone. But at the same time, like, I think they're good for business. Me personally, like they will make you get your act together. <laughs> there is no, no, doubt, no doubt about that. <laughs> the motivation that they inherently come with. That being said, I'm not saying go have a child so your business can grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because it is a lot of work. There's that, it's a very dual sided experience. It's amazing and you know, I'm proud, like you said, like, luckily, they're still alive. I'm going to keep them for now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll talk to some of my friends. And they're like, well, we made it. We didn't kill the children this week. <laughs> That's it. So it gives you something to celebrate. Also, I will say that um, I, with the pandemic, had new challenges, because my husband is an essential worker. And I was the one who was caring for the kids and I could no longer have in-house support anymore. I had this amazing executive assistant working with me who was also taking care of the kids. So what I decided to do is I built a office out in the garage that's detached from the house and we call it Coachella and the kids have no idea where I go. We're just like, she's going to Coachella now. I'll see you later. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> it makes me happy every time. I'm like, going to Coachella, see you kids going later. Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I'm I'm such a huge fan of that. <laughs> Right. It's so I wanted to take a detour for the kid question, but let's come back to this herb. The R in herb stands for resources. And I'd love to know what are some of the resources that have really impacted you in a positive way and that you would recommend to others? That could be books, whatever it might be, any type of resource. Oh my gosh, there's so many. I just I know, right? I love this yeah. question. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I just finished The Professional Troublemaker by Lovey Ajayi Jones. That book is amazing. I have not read that yet, but first of all, I love her, so I need to read it. And second, I love that title, so I need to read it. Yeah, it's so good. I was blessed to meet her when she we were at an Oprah event here in LA, and she was writing her first book, which is called The Do Better Manual. There's more to it. I'm judging you, The Do Better Manual. And now she's, I think they're both epic books. I recommend both of them. 
And then in terms of resources, other things that I love, I've been learning a lot about business intuition from Candice Hosa. And that's really helped me because I am very much like, although I know the marketing rules, as soon as I know the rules, I'm the first one to break them. And tapping more into my intuition has helped me do that because it, there's this like, it's very common and I think it's a natural evolution to get caught up in other people's strategies and think if I just replicate what they're doing because I want what they have, that it'll work for me. And that's not true at all. There's just way too many moving parts in a business to say one business model is the same as the other. That being said, uh, tapping into my own intuition like really allows me to make a lot of decisions for myself without second guessing it. So that's been amazing. I love that. And to all of my students listening, I hope you just like go back 15 seconds and listen to what she just said again, because I'm always telling them that I'm like, this is how I did it. But that may or may not work for you or may not be even how you want to do it. So you don't have to do it my way. You don't have to do it Sage's way. You don't have to do it whoever's way. Take those things, model those things if you like them, find out if they work and then go from there, like make it your own. And I love that you brought in the intuition because that's really what it all comes down to is, is feeling into it. Is this right for me? And trusting that path that your heart is bringing you forward on. So yay to that. Any more resources? Just because like I could talk about that forever. Yeah, you know, I wanna give a resource that greatly affected my life in this last year for the first time I had to name my own anxiety. And someone else recommended this book to me. And I just feel like it's running on a high for a lot of us, whether or not we're admitting it. Um, So this book called Don't Feed the Monkey Mind, it's incredible to walk you through like all of anxiety takes many shades, figuring out what your particular shade of anxiety is in your life. And not everybody has to name it, right? But if it's really giving you some issues, I highly recommend that book and it definitely it's the first book I've ever read where I printed the workbook that they tell you like go to this landing page and print this I actually did that for this book (laughs) well Sage I have to thank you because most of the like I'm a big reader and most of the time people say their resources and I'm like yeah awesome book like I've read them I have not read these books that you're recommending so I'm like whoo I'm so excited (laughs) Yeah, I stay out of the book zeitgeist. I know there's a lot of trending books all the time and I'm just, I'm not usually in them. (laughs) I love them all. I'll be honest. I love them all. (laughs) Okay, so moving on to the B. The B in herb stands for beliefs. And I really am curious about some of your beliefs. What are either some of the ways in which you see the world, your worldview, your core beliefs? What are some things that you could share with my audience? Oh my gosh. So early on in my business, I often told myself, let no come from other places, not yourself. Whoo, hold on, hold on. That, <laughs> I want to write that on my whiteboard. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's giving yourself permission, right? To, to show up and to not, you know, we so often tell ourselves no way too quickly before we let other people even have an opportunity to see our gift or to work with us in a certain way. So that one really helped me in the beginning of my business. This year, my theme is wherever you land, it's a good place. And it just is a nice reminder that 
wherever I am is good, keeps me present to what I'm doing, but also that you really can't make any wrong moves. And I believe that in business, like you never, and this is another quote, I love all these, I'm just coming out with all of them. You never fail, you either win or learn, right? So it kind of is a nod to that as well. Like whatever I'm doing, like as long as I'm still moving forward, it's fine, right? Like I can learn from anything. I can feel like I'm winning as well at times, but to know that it's all good really just calms my nerves. <laughs> I absolutely adore that. And it actually reminds me of a quote by the Sufi poet Hafiz. There's this beautiful poem that he wrote that talks about, and I don't know the exact wording, but it's something to the effect of that wherever you are now, that ground is sacred. You are on sacred ground and like the, the gods have kissed the ground waiting for you to be there. And I just love mm. that. It's very similar to that, that idea of like, wherever you are now is good, you know? Yes, I know the Hafiz piece you're talking of. And it just, every time you read it, it brings you to tears. I'm going to go look it up after this. Thank you for reminding me about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Sage, you're such a rock star. I know that my audience is like, holy shit, I want to learn more about this woman. Where should they go to learn more about you and find out what you're up to? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I always, wherever I go, give the same gift, if I may, give a gift to your audience, um, which is my triple email open rates. So if you have an email list and you've ghosted them or you've been in business a long time and you're like, yeah, I've never scrubbed my list before, um, this will help with your email deliverability, but it'll also set the stage for you to make some offers to your audience if you want to attract some clients. So if you go to sagepolaris.com slash lucrative, you can totally grab that and um, it will help you to triple your email open rates. It's like copy, paste, personalize, send. I try to make it very simple. It's three emails that you can send out to your list and it will totally help you engage with them. Cause I know so many of us have the best of intentions when it comes to marketing our businesses, but we may not always end up doing the parts like writing to your email list. So this solves that, it tells you what to say. Um, but also I'm on Instagram, Sage Polaris, and you can find me on Facebook. I am very active in my DMs, so feel free to reach out to me. I'm totally game to have conversations about marketing, copywriting, taking time off. They're all my jam. Awesome. Awesome. So go check her out on all those places. I'll link to those at lucra.com so you can find them very easily. Sage, I just want to thank you. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation and I will look forward to many more in the future. So good. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Mendy. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Lucrative Society on iTunes and please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources or to become a member of the Lucrative Society where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.